Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've had a wonderful week. I hope today is a good day for you. Today is, what day is it? Thursday, so I'm usually I've been doing it on a Tuesday, but I'm in the recording studio today uh, on a Thursday, and then I'm going to do work for the rest of the day, which is really good to, you know, start the day off right with a podcast, of course. Today I'm going to be talking about something super interesting, and if you had a look at my blog post, we're going to be kind of talking about this topic today. So I don't know if you guys read my blog post or not. I think I have like two very different communities with the blog and the podcast. So that's a good thing though, because it's nice to have the two different because they're so different. I mean, I think if you like listen to podcasts, then you might not necessarily want to read information or if you like to read information don't really care much to, to listen to it then the blogs are really great as well but I usually do completely different topics on both uh, with obviously a little bit overlap here and there but today I think this is really worth a mention I worked on this for a couple weeks and I used lots of different research as well as also my PhD because this is hugely linked with my PhD so it's a super interesting topic and we're going to be talking about ultra processed foods willpower versus neurobiology and I think this is really interesting because obviously we have obesity which is at an all-time high at the moment Uh, we all know this it's around about 52% of the global population well overweight and obesity which is I mean huge and really one of my jobs is to try and figure out what might be causing such staggering rates of overweight and obesity as well as for those rates to continuously be rising and I think there's no real plan of it slowing down. The projections for 2030 and beyond are only really to get higher if nothing changes. So it's really, really important that we focus on things that we can do to try and reduce rates of overweight obesity as well as to prevent it from happening in people that may not be in those categories as well as for future generations. So, I mean, there's a hundred different reasons why someone might be overweight or obese. There is a mind map that we get shown all the time at uni and well in my undergraduate and it's this huge mind map with like all these interlinking little things it's like it's insane if I could show you it it just it's not even readable it's like insane and it's all these different uh, factors that influence overweight and obesity and it's it's absolutely massive the amount of factors that influence and the amount of different things that may be going on and that's why it's such a hard thing to tackle and why the rates are so high because there's definitely not a one-size-fits-all solution which I think is really important to mention and this is why this specific talk and argument is really really important because is obesity just a lack of willpower or is it something else is there more going on and the answer is yes you know, people that are overweight or obese don't suffer from like a neurobiological, biological, <laughs> a neurobiologic issue, or like that they don't have willpower, or if they, you know, these people that suffer with this don't necessarily have differences in the brain that you know make you overeat. It doesn't really work like that, but it seems to be that we view society in that way that people that are overweight or obese, or people that suffer with overeating or other other different factors with obesity or overweight that they can't resist food or that they have they can't stop eating they lack willpower and this is just like a huge misconception because there's so many things that are going on just like I said and to have this perception that 
this is what's causing overweight and obesity is a huge problem and one that is contributing to fat phobia and also discrimination against fat people and and all of that. So it's really, really important that we, first of all, say that willpower is not the issue in overweight and obesity and it's much, much more than that and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, I mean, yeah. Many substances today, such as drugs, alcohol, and probably more recently, ultra-processed foods, as well as things like social media, are being more and more designed to ensure that we get hooked and and also just can't resist those foods or those behaviours. I mean, we've all known as well, gambling, as well as shopping and stuff like that, are also behavioural addictions that are notified as behavioural addictions Um, by certain criteria and real real issues so we know that we can get addicted to behaviorals behavior behavioral (laughs) behaviors as well as substances so we know that there's two different types and there also can be overlaps between different ones and that's kind of what I'm looking at with my PhD is whether or not sugar is behavioral substance what's the you know definitions of that addiction if there is one so really really interesting But really, food companies and manufacturers specifically design foods to ensure that we can't actually say no, that we can't not buy them, can't not continue to consume them. So we're really fighting against, that's one element, we're fighting against the ability of highly, highly educated individuals to manufacture foods and also social media and stuff like that. I mean, if we look at TikTok, TikTok has been specifically designed so that people cannot stop scrolling away. I mean, they're quick videos. They are all things that are highly interesting to majority of people. They even tailor your For You page to exactly what you enjoy seeing. It's insane how rooted in addiction and addictive behaviours TikTok is. And, you know, if you have TikTok, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's so easy to just scroll and scroll and scroll and not think about anything else and just be in the phone in that moment and it takes away a lot of other stuff. So that's a massive issue and it's probably going to get 100 million times worse with social media as well as ultra-processed foods. So ultra-processed foods are things that are exactly that, really highly processed. So things like ready meals, uh, crisps, chocolate, sweets, anything that has been so far removed from its natural state is technically ultra-processed. And yeah, things like, you know, whole wheat pasta and other things are processed because they aren't, you know, you aren't staring at a packet of wheat germ, you know. So these things have been processed as well. But we're not talking about this when we're talking about ultra-processed. We're talking about those ready meals, fast foods, all of that different type of stuff that have loads of added sugar, fat, salt, as well as chemicals and sweeteners and all of that. So, I mean, this idea of manufacturers or you know, media and all of this that are creating these foods and behaviours to be highly addictive, you know, it's working. There is a large proportion of the population that are addicted to or maybe or maybe even show addictive like behaviour towards foods and that may result in overweight obesity but at the same time you can still be addicted to food and be underweight or be a healthy weight. So there's loads of things that to be considered there and those who struggle with cravings or feel that they can't say no to something like chocolate or a takeaway and you know these people might be seen as weak or lack willpower and is that truly what's going on when people who are overweight or obese are branded with that same stereotype but is that really true? I don't think so. I really do not think that's true. So 
I mean, when we're talking about neurobiology, there must be, if that's true, there must be something going on that's different in the brain so people are overweight or obese in comparison to healthy weight people, and that's just not true. And from the research we know just now, that is not true, and it's not the way things work. We can't just like have half the population that have their brains work a little bit differently. There's more things that are going on there. So our neural networks are very much still wired to hunter-gatherer mode. So we rely on this type of functioning to understand the world. And this is a really important thing to understand. So if we think about hunter-gatherer, we're thinking about hundreds and hundreds of years ago, even thousands of years ago, where we relied on reward-based learning. So we would go out and hunt for something or find some berries or something like that. That would be reward because we would no longer have to worry about food for that short period of time and all of that different type of stuff. So this kind of means that whenever we eat, like a delicious meal or maybe a processed meal or scroll on TikTok when we feel worried or even go out for a drink at the weekend. We are rewiring our brains to look for that same reward over and over because our brains can't understand that the thing we're doing is self-destructive if it makes us feel good. So it's really, really important as well if what we're doing is to alleviate stress. So say if you have a, a I don't know, big chocolate bar in front of you and you're feeling like, oh my God, I've had the worst day ever. I just feel shit and I'm just wanting to eat some chocolate to make me feel better. So you do that, you eat the chocolate. You've just told your brain that whenever we're worried, whenever we're stressed, whenever we've had a hard day, we can get that dopamine fix. We can get that high from chocolate. And that is, I mean, plagues majority of the population. And it doesn't even matter if it's chocolate, it even could be exercise. You know, you could go to the gym when you feel stressed and that would have the same effect. But of course, most people will find a bigger high and an easier fix through food, social media, gambling, you know, all these different types of addictions. So this is why people develop quite toxic relationships with food as well as other behaviours and people also develop this type of thing for healthy behaviours as well just like healthy eating or exercising stuff like that you can also develop unhealthy relationships and stuff like that it is just less common and this is it's really important so each time you know we kind of feel a negative or challenging emotion we reach out for that reward or a reward that we've learned to be rewarding just like the chocolate and whether that's food or cocaine you know it's this very similar pathways that are being operated here it is just obviously to a much different degree and we soothe this uncomfortable feeling with that reward and as we do this we reinforce that learning that unhealthy lifestyle that unhealthy behavior as a positive thing and it's so interesting that our brains can't recognize that as not optimal really really interesting but the main thing with this argument is how can we possibly suggest that people lack willpower how can we possibly think that people that are fighting against neural networks you know neurobiology as people that lack willpower are people that just can't you know they're too weak or whatever you know how can willpower possibly compete with the functioning of our brains that have evolved over years and years and years to ensure reward-based learning so that we continuously do things that are good for us but this is the issue in the modern world there's a lot of stuff that isn't good for us that still make us feel rewarded and that's the problem so we as conscious beings need to understand what behaviors are causing 
negative consequences to our mind or bodies or in any way negative and avoid those behaviours and try and maybe replace that with healthier behaviours that are actually going to be positive for us to try, try and manage negative emotions and stuff like that. And, you know, our brains aim to help us seek out for food for survival, which is the specifically hard part about it. So our brains, your body, will, you might even feel that your brain is making you crave high sugar, high fat foods. And that also comes from a survival place. That desire for high calorie, high fat, high sugar foods comes from a place of I need calories, I need energy. High fat foods are particularly high in calories. So if you have like really, I don't know, uh, McDonald's or something, your body's recognising the fat in that mcdonald's and you're thinking yes okay cool i have loads of calories here we'll be okay for the next meal little does it know that mcdonald's has very little fiber and will essentially make you feel very hungry quite soon after consuming it so the bodies can't recognize that and we're thinking oh great we're all right for a little bit don't have to worry about food where you know we're, we've dealt with our hunger and then very quickly after you start to feel hungry again because that was a very unsatisfying meal with very minimal nutrients so our brains are just a little bit not caught up to the modern world and I hope that it never does because we can't live this way where we're eating loads of rubbish all the time you know we can't do that something massively needs to change and yeah so it cannot it just it's so interesting to me that it just cannot comprehend that what we're doing is harmful because it makes us feel good so how could it be harmful really 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 interesting another thing that you know that really like our current environment has like outsmarted and outpaced the brain through the manufacture of ultra processed foods and i mean the brain is a hugely complex organ and it's not one that will ever be outsmarted, but it's just interesting that humans have been able to create these foods that literally rewire our brains into making us think that this is a good thing to consume. Very, very interesting. And another another issue is stress. So stress is one of the big, big hitters when it comes to um, food and addictive behaviours. I mean... Stress is a huge issue today. Most people feel stress in some way and most people look for things to alleviate that stress, whether it's healthy or unhealthy behaviours. Stress is a highly complex state and it hugely alters neural operations. So when we're faced with stress, the part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex that's involved in cognitive control is the first to go offline, if you want, if you if you like, an easy way to say that, which makes healthy food choices very, very difficult, especially when unhealthy alternatives have this huge potential to make us feel better right away. And this is the critical thing when it comes to eating highly processed foods. These highly processed foods are high in sugar, high in fat. They have this ability to make us feel really good on eating them, before eating them, and even after. I mean, that doesn't necessarily the case for most people. But that instant high that you get when you have like a chocolate cake or whatever, will help you increase your dopamine, feel better right away, stop feeling stressed. I mean, the stress will come back very quickly, but our brain again learns that this chocolate cake is going to make us feel better. So, and it's really hard to get that from, you know, if you ate a bit of fruit or if you, you know, went and for a walk, it's kind of hot, it's much harder. It's also takes a longer time to feel that high which people are obviously I can't bother with that just want to feel better right now and your body knows that it's going to get that from highly processed foods 
So it's really, really important that we uh, see that. And of course, how can we power compete with that? When we're feeling terrible, we want to get, we want to feel better. And that is a human thing. You know, we don't, we're not weird people for thinking that everyone feels like that. So it's really interesting that as well, it could either be a positive or negative reward. So if you're thinking about, okay, I'm getting yelled at by my boss, that's a negative thing, right? Or a positive thing like, oh, like I've I've had a I've had a great day, I got a promotion at work, you know? That's a positive thing. So we can actually reinforce both of these actions. The negative one, of course, alleviates the stress, alleviates the anxiety. So that might be through eating chocolate cake or even or even, you know, ultra processed foods in general, as well as things like smoking, drugs, shopping, stuff like that. That makes us feel better. And then you've got a positive cue, like eating, eating a good meal or, you know, having a good day at work, stuff like that. And you can still have that positive effect. So you're going to be happy, you're going to be relaxed, you're okay, like, let's have a bit of chocolate cake because I've had a good day, you know, nothing can bring me down. That also enforces that cake or ultra processed foods can make you feel better and add to that positive feeling. So it's reinforcing in two different ways that will basically ensure that you crave these foods when you're feeling either good or bad so it's really really complex system that has to be very carefully articulated to make sure that you aren't developing reliances on unhealthy behaviors to make yourself feel better or continue to feel better which is really really important but it just seems like no matter what you do, you're going to develop a reward-based learning around something unhealthy. And I suppose you can look at it like that. You just kind of have to be, I think, the best way of doing this. Also, if you want to have a little pot, like a little image of what I just talked about, go and check out the blog post because there's a diagram on there that explains that in more detail, which is really interesting. But basically, we need to try and think of a way to, instead of relying on highly addictive substances such as drugs, alcohol and food or social media, we need to create habits that can still make us feel good yet aren't harmful to rely on. And that's the main thing. But what could that be? This is the answer. You know, what could we actually do that makes us feel better, you know, quite quickly, that isn't something that we could get highly, highly addicted to that would be really problematic for our health? I mean, there's no simple fix to this. I think it's very individual. It's very much you need to figure out what works best for you. But some research suggests that mindfulness and or meditation can be one solution to maybe helping people with relapse of addiction, things like that, that can be really, really helpful and maybe not solve the entire problem, but it might be one way, one solution of trying to kind of figure out what works best for you and stop relying maybe on food when you feel stressed and all of that different type of stuff. As well as things like walking, you know, healthy amounts of exercise, also things like journaling, talking to loved ones about how you feel, maybe even eating a healthy meal, things like that could be useful. I think the main thing here is self-awareness. You know, we need to be self-aware of what we're feeling and instead of just immediately going to that reward, so whether that's smoking or drinking or food or TikTok, you know, instead of just jumping to that reward to make ourselves feel better, sit in a minute and think, right, let's be self-aware for a moment. Am I feeling highly stressed? If the answer is yes. Okay, I know this is the last thing I want to do right now, but let's 
do some journaling about why I'm stressed or let's sit and just be mindful for a second about why I'm feeling stressed instead of going, right, I'm going to scroll on TikTok and not think about my stress or I'm going to go and I'm going to find myself a piece of chocolate cake and I'm going to eat the entire chocolate cake because I deserve it, because I'm stressed, because I have a hard day and because it's going to make me feel better. Like, as we can see, that is a huge huge difference and if you're being self-aware of your emotions that is one very emotionally intelligent and a huge skill to create as well as ensuring you're not developing these really really hard to break cycles that are going to have negative consequences in the future so taking food as an example say if you you know you have a stressful job you just want to every night you just want to sit down and eat your dinner, have it, you know, maybe that's an unhealthy dinner, maybe that's a ready meal, or maybe it's a takeaway, or even have, you know, a slice of chocolate cake, let's continue with that, <laughs> that example, every night. That's what that's going to do. What Maybe one night is going to have absolutely no change at all to your life. But over time, if you keep doing it, you're probably going to maybe have issues with overweight or obesity if you're not combating that with other healthy meals or, or exercise or your stress is going to get worse and worse and worse because you're not actually managing the feeling itself and just learning through behavior that you can develop you know another habit that's going to deal with that stress for you in a very short period of time so yes you can use food to alleviate stress for maybe 15 minutes but it's probably just going to come right back and you're going to need more chocolate cake or you're going to need to then scroll on tiktok for a while to make yourself feel better you know, so these quick fix solutions that are really negative might make you feel better in that moment, but they will not make you feel better in the long term. And what will actually make a difference to negative emotions like stress will be facing them head on and not using an escapism to cope with that emotion. And especially when doing that, so using another substance or using something external to you to alleviate stressors, that is creating this ward-based learning in your brain. It's creating pathways in your brain that as soon as you feel stress, as soon as you feel that emotion, your your brain's going to like, give me chocolate cake, give me chocolate cake right now. And that's a really hard thing to say no to. That's a really hard thing for your willpower to be like, no, I'm not going to have the chocolate cake. So let's cut out the middleman. Let's be self-aware of our, of our emotions. And before we jump for the reward let's deal with the emotion itself first so that when you have the chocolate cake you can have a bit of chocolate cake and not have it linked to a stressful or negative situation and every time you feel that emotion you're not then instantly going right let me have a chocolate cake let's change the reward-based learning to right I feel really stressed I'm going to go journal I'm going to go I don't know sit in the shower and meditate you know that's the behavior that's the reward-based learning that we're wanting to create instead of I'm stressed I'm going to eat an entire chocolate cake and then feel terrible about everything afterwards you know so I think this topic is so fascinating and I think it's one that we all could hugely benefit from being self-aware on I mean this is something that impacts absolutely everyone absolutely everyone suffers with this um, feeling different emotions and wanting to alleviate those emotions and there's so many different avenues unhealthy avenues in which you can utilize to alleviate emotions really really quickly so really really important try and be a little bit more self-aware of your emotions if you if you can if you're privileged enough to be able to do so maybe try and develop another habit that you think might actually help you take away from a habit that you've maybe relied on for too long 
I don't know, even if you don't struggle with this at all and you just enjoy listening, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I hope that someone can take something away from this. I find it so interesting. I think it just reinforces the importance for me to ensure that I do the same. And I hope that, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I just think this is so interesting. And if you do want to read the blog post, I'll put it in the description as well because you can have a look at that. Can have a look at the diagrams and stuff. A couple pictures in there as well, if you like pictures. But apart from that, thank you guys so much for listening. Please like, share, do whatever you feel you are compelled to do with the podcast. It helps me out so much as well. You can check out my website for some exercise programs. You can buy one off, have for life as well. If you would like to check that out, go and check out my website. So much stuff on there. Yeah, I hope you've had a amazing amazing week and thank you guys so much for listening again i'll speak to you all very very soon bye